Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Turn to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. As we uh, have been going through the gospel of Mark, uh, here in, in chapter 14, the Lord has the last Passover with his disciples and institutes um, the first Lord's Supper here with them. And we'll read that in verse 22. You're in Mark chapter 14, verse 22. It says, and as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them and said, take eat. This is my body. And he took the cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. He said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. We see here as the Lord is, again, Uh, instituting the uh, Lord's Supper with his disciples. The Passover of the Old Testament was established by God. They were looking forward to the lamb, the Passover lamb, that eternal lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. And, And Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, the Passover lamb. And now... Now, today, um, after Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, we take of the Lord's table together, remembering, remembering the sacrifice of that eternal Lamb of God. And so the Lord here shows them this, but then as soon as the supper is over, we see that the Lord takes his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. We find that in verse 32. Follow along with me, if you will. Verse 32. The Bible says this. And they came to a place which is named Gethsemane. And he saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I I shall pray. And he taketh with him 
Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping. He saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. The place where the Lord took his disciples to pray, this Gethsemane, this was a place uh, that was common, actually, for Christ to go with his disciples. We read that in the Gospel of John. Um, John's Gospel tells us that Christ and his disciples often resorted there. Um, But today was different. Today was different because today this would be a place where Christ's soul would be in agony. Uh, The name Gethsemane means oil press. This was a small enclosed area at the foot hills of the Mount of Olives and And the oil press was what our Savior was experiencing there. And the anguish and the the pain and the passion. We read that he was sore amazed, that he was very heavy, that his soul was exceeding sorrowful. You see the inner inner struggle that the Lord was going through. Um, The beloved physician, Dr. Luke, tells us this in his gospel. He says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You see him there and all this passion and anguish there praying. I mean, we have reason to believe that this evening was a cold evening. In in Mark's gospel, we see that Peter was there at the uh, high priest's palace warming himself at the fire. And it was there in that cold evening that the Lord was so passionate that his sweat was as great drops of blood. We see his posture there as as he falls to the ground, the Bible says in verse 35. I would say in this passage, you can see the humanity of Christ as he looked at the pain of this death. The pain of this death. He was all God. But he was all man. He experienced the pain and the temptations and, the, and all the things that you and I would as well. You see that even in Lazarus' death where the Bible says that Jesus wept. He was facing this hour. This hour that had come. Of facing the death of the cross. This internal struggle that the Lord had today, though, was not uh, whether or not he was going to obey the will of the Father. That was not the struggle. The struggle was about the cup. The struggle was about the cup. The, The cup referred to Calvary. The cup referred to Golgotha. The cup referred to the cross. 
And, and the cross was the place where the Lord Jesus Christ took our place. It's the, it, it was our sin that the Lord Jesus Christ took upon himself. It was our guilt. And I want to personalize it a little bit. It was my sin. It was my guilt that the Lord could see down through history. And the prophet that prophesied about this hundreds of years before it happened said in Isaiah 53 and verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him And with his stripes, we are healed. He said, all we like sheep have gone astray and turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him, Christ, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears is dumb, he opened not his mouth. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. This is a powerful verse. God made Christ to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? He was in all points tempted, yet without sin. He knew no sin. That we, the believers, the Christians, all that are able to take of communion today, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He was made sin for us. That What a deal. <laughs> he takes our sin and we take his righteousness. I, that's about the most. It would be unreasonable to not accept that deal. It would be unreasonable to reject the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Him take our sin and us receive his imputed righteousness to our account. Paul says to the church at Galatia, he says, uh, Christ hath made us, hath redeemed us, excuse me. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The Lord Jesus Christ became a curse for us. Why? To redeem us from the curse. The agony. That the Lord Jesus Christ was experiencing that day in Gethsemane was the burden of sin. The burden of sin. This was the cup that made him exceeding sorrowful. You know, many Christians throughout history have been tortured, beaten, even crucified for the cause of Christ. But only... Only Jesus Christ took our sins upon himself. That's the difference. Yes, he was crucified, but he was crucified for our sins, according to the scripture. He died for us and took our sins. He was made sin for us. He was made a curse for us who knew no sin. The cup that he was facing the anguish over was the judgment of God for sin. The judgment of God for sin. The separation of the Father. They were in perfect unity. And yet for a time, the Lord Jesus Christ looked through history and saw because of the sin that he was taken, that he would be separated and he despised that. Isaiah 53.10, it says, 
Yet it hath pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That's why when the Lord Jesus Christ was there on the cross, making that final payment for sin, the Bible says in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This was the cup that the Lord drank of. This was the cup. And Jesus is quoting here from Psalms chapter 22 and verse 1. He's quoting from the Old Testament. Christ, this willing sacrifice. But yet he saw what he was going to have to drink of. He saw all of the separation from the Father. He saw all of the sins of the whole world. And yet he knowingly, willingly went to the cross. Jesus teaching us in John chapter 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And Later in that, that chapter he says, Therefore doth my father love me because... I laid down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power, Jesus said, to lay it down. (laughs) Here's what makes him different than everybody else. (laughs) He says, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father, the good shepherd, the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. This was the hill he was willing to die on. As he looked ahead and, and, he, and he was in the garden and he looked at the cup, this was the hill that he was willing to die on. You know, this term, the hill you're willing to die on, is, is, is uh, used to say you choose, uh, choose carefully. The fight that you want to expend your energy or your resources on, right? Sometimes we use that as a warning against your strong opinion. You know, someone takes a strong opinion and you're like, are you sure that's the hill you want to die on? You know, kind of that. The Lord looked down throughout history and said, this is the hill. This is the place. This is the one. This is the hill that I have chosen throughout, throughout eternity. From eternity, this was the thing. That I'm willing to die on. And he said this, which is interesting. He says, this, if it is possible to let this cup pass. If it's possible, let this cup pass. In, in other words, if there's any other way than for me to go to the hill and to take of the sin of the world and to be separated from the Father and to take the guilt and the sin of all humanity. If, if there's any other way, like maybe, maybe mankind could be good enough. Maybe we could keep his ordinances and his laws and somehow through that we could be made uh, in a right standing with God. We could become righteous. Maybe we could become righteous in our own merit, in our own works. If that's possible, if that's possible for a human, for a man or a woman to become right with God without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. If that's possible, then let it pass. If that's possible, if there's another way. For us to have eternal life. Then let's go that way. And you know what the answer to that is? And we know this to be true. There is no other way to God. There is no other way to righteousness. There is one way to God. 
And that is through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. It was not possible. Christ must die. He must make the sacrifice. He must pay for our sins. He prayed there in Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine be done. Isn't that interesting? Not my will, but thine be done. What an example to you and I. What an example to us. I think it was C.S. Lewis said at Gethsemane, there prayed the holiest of all petitioners. But I would add to that too, not just the holiest of all petitioners, but the holiest of all petitions. I mean, think of that. That our prayer would be, this is what we desire. This is what we want, Lord. But not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done. By it. By it. By the cup that the Lord drank. By it. By the sacrifice that the Lord made. There was a door open in heaven. There was a door opened in heaven. The door. Jesus Christ is the door. And the hill that he chose to die on is the place that my victory was won. The reason I can stand here today and believe that my sins are forgiven and that I have eternal life has nothing to do with me. (laughs) Has all to do with him and the victory that he won on that hill. Because, and here's what's interesting, because he drank of that cup, I don't have to. Because he drank of the cup of the suffering and the separation from the Father, I can believe that I don't have to be separated from the Father. That I don't have to take on the judgment or the wrath of God. Because he drank of the cup. In Matthew, there's an interesting uh, passage where the disciples, um, still very self-willed, selfish, uh, James and John ask Christ, they say, hey, we would, like, uh, we would like the best seats in your kingdom. Like, we would like, we'd like the best position that you have to offer in your future kingdom. We know you're a king. We know you're going to have a kingdom. We'd like really good cabinet seats. You know, we want, we want really good positions in your kingdom. Matter of fact, we would like our chairs to be situated, one on the right hand and one on the left hand. These are, these are actually things they were asking the Lord. And the Lord answered that this way. He said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 22 and 23, But Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And they say unto him, we are able. (laughs) And he saith unto them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup. And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on the right hand and on the left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them of whom it is prepared of the Father. He said, yes, you will. One day you will drink of the cup. And you will be baptized. And I got to thinking of this, you know, you and I, the honor for you and I to be baptized in his name. To follow the Lord Jesus Christ in believer's baptism. For, for you and I to be able to drink of the cup of communion. Remember, we are able to drink of this cup because he drank of that cup. He drank of the cup of suffering and of sin so that now you and I can drink of his cup. 
that we can come to his table. This, this pictures the fellowship that you and I actually have, the communion that we actually have with the Lord. And now we are able to eat at his table because he drank of that cup, because he went all the way for us. And I think that um, the, the, the disciples eventually learned this and, and were uh, obviously humbled by it. But I think that as we today partake of communion and as we really think of the price that was paid for us, that our, our whole um, selfish ambitions would kind of fade away. Our, all of our um, pride, hopefully, religious pride especially, would be done away with. And that we would take on the mind of Christ, the humble mind of Christ, as we recognize that there was nothing that we could do to come to this table. But it was a gift of God through Jesus Christ that He paid the payment for us. If you take your Bibles and turn to Psalms, Psalms, actually in Psalms 22, 23, and 24, there's a trilogy of Psalms here, as, and, it, and it pictures Christ as the shepherd. It's a fun little study you could do on your own, um, but Psalms 22 kind of uh, puts Christ as the good shepherd. I already, I already um, read this verse it, Psalms 22, 1 says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? In the words of my groaning. This, is, this psalm um, portrays Christ as the good shepherd, the one who lays his life down for his sheep. Psalms 23 shows Christ as the great shepherd who leads the sheep all the way home. Psalms 24 portrays Christ as the great shepherd, the one, the, or excuse me, the chief shepherd that is returning for his sheep. But Psalms 23, I want to read this together with you. Psalms 23, the great shepherd, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, can you say that this morning? Can you say that this morning? Can you say the Lord is my shepherd? If you can, then that's what makes communion so wonderful. That's why we come to his table. If you can truly say that I have a personal relationship with Jesus, I am the sheep and he is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Boy, when you really believe that the Lord is your shepherd, there's a lot less things you feel like you need. A lot less things that you feel like are so uh, needful. Boy, you say, you know what? The shepherd will take care of the sheep. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You saw Jesus there. That's what He was at in Gethsemane. He was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And can I tell you that you and I don't have to fear it because He's already been through it. He went through the valley of the shadow of death and He came out on the other side victorious. And because of that, we believe in the resurrection. He says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. And here's where I was going. He says, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. As though you're, you're, you're abounding with the joy and the blessing of the Lord. The fruit of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit of the Lord. My cup runneth over. And, and our cup is able to run over this morning as we partake of His cup. 
And think of the, the honor it is and the, and the joy to think of the fellowship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. To think that we are justified, that we are forgiven, that we are, have eternal life. Then our cup runs over. Why? Because he drank of the cup. Because he took of the cup and he drank it. He says, verse 6, I love this. Verse 6, surely, surely, surely. Wouldn't this change our, our whole mindset as Christians if we really thought this way? Surely, if the Lord's my shepherd, then surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I love that verse. It's like, it's like God's goodness and his mercy is going to follow me around. I mean, it's like a, it's a, it, God's goodness and mercy because of the salvation that I have in him, because he is my shepherd, goodness and mercy. This is the hope that we have everywhere I go. You say, well, what if I go over here? Goodness and mercy is coming with me. And what if I go over there? Well, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have eternal life. Yeah, when this life is over, it gets better. I have goodness and mercy here. And then eternity, I'm with the Lord forever. This is the hope of the believer. This is the hope. You say, why do we have such great hope? Because he took of the cup. Because he drank of the cup of our sin, of our suffering, of the separation that had to happen between him and the Father as he, he did that. What, think of what the Lord accomplished. Accomplished. In his death. By his death and resurrection. He fulfilled the Old Testament. He fulfilled. The law and the prophets. He fulfilled them. By his death. He established. A new and living way. He brought about the New Testament. By it. By his death. He brought about salvation. To the world. By it, there's a new meaning now to the bread and to the wine because of his sacrifice. You know, we talked about last Sunday the memorial that Mary left in the gospel. But this is Christ's memorial. As we as a church partake now of communion, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, this is a memorial to him, a memorial of what he has done. This is Christ's memorial for his church. Those that he has saved. Those that he has redeemed. We keep this ordinance as he called us to. Together in community. In unity together. Showing the Lord's death till he comes. Right? All that is behind. Really the the meaning and the significance. All that is behind this. The price that he paid for us. We give thanks today. I want to read some verses from 1 Corinthians uh, before we do partake of communion together. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Bible says here, as Paul is, um, um, I guess, setting the order of the Lord's table. He says in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 11. He says, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So part of what we do is we give thanks. 
We give thanks for what he's done. We also remember. This is a time of remembrance. He says, and after the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had subbed, saying, this cup is the New Testament, my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. He's coming back. We believe that. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. You say, what is it to drink, eat unworthily? Uh, he says that this uh, communion is for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who have believed on him for eternal life, who have said, the Lord Jesus Christ is my sacrifice for my sake. He's my shepherd, right? He's also the lamb that paid for my sin. I have put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I've been saved. I've been born again. That's who it's for. And, and it's for those also, the believers, that are in a, in a right relationship with the Lord. Meaning, we've taken time to examine our hearts and confess our sins. Now, we've all sinned. But we have this wonderful promise that if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so before we take of communion here in a moment, we're going to have a time of prayer. A quiet time where we'll just hear the piano play and we'll, here's what we'll do. We'll examine our hearts first. Have I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior? And if not, now's the time. Today's the day of salvation. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm putting my faith in you for salvation. I'm trusting your payment for my sins. God, please save me. And the truth of the matter is, He will. If we ask, He will. If we believe with our heart, He will save. And for, for the believer, listen, maybe there's been sin in our life, ongoing sin. Uh, let's not cover it up. Let's confess it and forsake it. This is a time of self-examination, right? He says in verse 31, he says in verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. And so as we have this time, a quiet time to, to pray and to focus on the Lord, remember this. This is a time of remembering. This is a time of uh, confessing our sins. This is a time of a self-examination. This is a time where uh, as the Lord speaks to our hearts, we remember the sacrifice uh, that he has made for us. We uh, focus on the, the cup, the cup that he so willingly, uh, but painfully drank of so that you and I might know that we have eternal life. That we might know that we are in fellowship with him and with one another in the body of Christ. So we'll just take some time Time to pray and, uh, and have our hearts clear and clean before the Lord before we do this together. Let's pray.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you today as a church, God, this is um, this is uh, something that you've called us to do. This uh, communion together as a body, Lord. But God, this is um, this is special for us to remember the price that was paid for our salvation. God, that your body was broken. That your blood was shed so that we might be saved. And Lord, as a church, uh, we come together today to thank you. Uh, thank you for the cross and thank you for the gospel and thank you for our salvation. And thank you, that Lord, that you went and drank of that cup so that our cup, Lord, can be overflowing and running over with uh, your presence and joy. And Lord, we, we thank you that you call us to this today and we pray that you would be pleased um, by our uh, keeping this ordinance together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.